making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door. Tom Schumacher, and Terry Kennedy. And greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and it is our goal to acquaint you with these teachings as well. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy, and our focus today is on Jesus and the example he came to manifest for all of us. You know, this is a touchy subject for some, the idea that Jesus came to demonstrate the path to Christhood as the rule rather than the exception. That Christhood is mm-hmm. something we are all meant to achieve. Did you ever hear that when you were growing up? No, I didn't. Neither did I. And of course, we have no way of knowing how our lives might have been different had we been taught the truth of Jesus' mission. But I do know that a few of my early choices would probably have been quite different. Well, like what, Tom? <laughs> well, like where I spent the 60s, for one thing. Well, let, let's not go there. Uh, no, good idea. <laughs> you know, But I believe that I might have chosen to take better care of my body temple as a young man. And I think I would certainly have raised my children with an understanding of potential Christhood. Frankly, I think, uh, I think it would have changed everything for a lot of us yeah. and on a large scale. But how we think, how we act, what we say. Yeah, and voila, like magic, we have instantly returned to one of our favorite and most popular topics, being a co-creator with God. Amazing how that keeps happening. Well, <laughs> truth is, had we known growing up that we were indeed Christ's in the making and that we had the power of Almighty God at our disposal for empowering our every thought, word, and deed, well... And needless to say, things would have been different. We would certainly have given more thought and cared every choice we made. Okay, we weren't given this knowledge when we were younger, no. but thank God we've learned it now. You know, when Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the things I do, he shall also do, and greater things... What else could he have meant except that he was demonstrating a potential we all share? Uh, the Christ in, in all of us is meant to be realized. Jesus told us so. Uh, the saints have reminded us of this truth by their emulation of Jesus' mm-hmm. example. And in our heart of hearts, we really know this to be true. Yeah, we are each intended to manifest the Christhood that Jesus demonstrated. We're, we're getting to sound just a bit like a broken record, aren't we, Tom? <laughs> well, maybe so. But, you know, why would church authorities keep this knowledge of our divine birthright from us? You know, what's in it for them? Well, maybe not all of them were who they appeared to be. Ah, uh, yes. Do we detect the unmistakable footprints of fallen angels in the forces of darkness? Well, they certainly don't want us to know the truth. You know, not when their survival literally depends upon our ignorance. They have a vested interest in keeping us in the dark, 
and they'll happily continue to keep us in darkness as long as they have our agreement to do so. Our agreement? Well, you know, as difficult as this may be to admit, the fallen angels and forces of darkness cannot do anything without our consent. So if they seem to be winning, it's because we're allowing them to do so. Well, you're right. And we may not consciously agree or consent to give the fallen ones our light. But, you know, until we challenge the darkness and strip it of its power, we'll continue to blunder around (laughs) in the shadows, giving away our light, blissfully ignorant of our true identities and our true power. And, you know, Terry, ignorance is no excuse. No, it's not. But we might be excused for feeling just a little trepidation (laughs) as we choose to speak the truth. Well, sure. You know what church authorities used to do with people who who espoused ideas like, personal Christhood for all. Well, they had a little bonfire, did they? Uh, yeah. Uh, those who had the courage to challenge conventional belief and speak the truth openly were often burned at the stake. And that's not a nice way to <laughs> shuffle off the mortal coil, is it? Uh-uh. And how many of us, including our listeners, might have met this very fate in past lives because of what we believed about our true Christ heritage. And now that the truth has come around again, and how many will recognize it this time? You know, we certainly have less to fear today than we might have in an earlier time. But even today, beliefs such as universal Christhood can still cause the threat of serious reprisal and consequences. People do have a tendency to cling to their most cherished beliefs, even to the point of violence. Well, I'll say they do. You know, consider the Middle East and radical Islam today for an example. Sure. And, we, you know, we could spend all day setting other examples, both modern and historical, to make the point. Well, the fact is, you, dear listener, are not hearing this by accident. Certainly not. And consider this. We're talking about this subject now, and you're listening now because we were meant to say it and you were meant to hear it. (laughs) The truth may not go down easy at first, depending upon your religious background and prevailing dogma. But try to think of it in terms of being given a whole new lease on life. This is the truth that will surely set you free. Free to embrace your highest spiritual potential and take your rightful place in the company of the ascended masters. And remember that this does not diminish Jesus' role or example in any way. Not at all. Jesus is and remains the greatest example we know in the West of true spiritual mastery. You know, he had no desire to be exalted as unique or special or unusual. Then, as now, he wants us all to be free to manifest the truest potential and dimension of our being, as he demonstrated. And as shows uh, today's show title says, Jesus, the rule, not the exception. Well, again, you know, Jesus' words, these things that I do, so shall ye do, are more than merely a statement of our potential to become the Christ. They are an unmistakable promise of what is to come. But attaining this reality is not automatic. <laughs> you know, wishing does not make it so. Nope. The truth of the Christ is the path of initiation. The path of the Christ, I should say, is the path of initiation. Look closely at the life of Jesus and the lives of the saints, and it is clear that initiations and testing are the norm as all make the trek upward. In other words, it's it's not easy, nor would it be of any real use to us if it were. (laughs) The ascension is something that we all must earn. And one very critical step along the pathway to reaching this goal is to understanding is to understand our potential to become the Christ and to realize this potential. And who's afraid of working hard if what we're working for is so incredibly valuable? Yeah, Jesus' goal was to bring freedom and soul liberation to all mankind who carry the flame of God in their hearts. And this is a labor of joy. Jesus' mission was to shed light on the reality of the Christ presence within each of us, you and me. He showed us the way. And now it's our turn to understand the true nature of the reality he demonstrated and act on it. Now, as we like to do every week, we want to share a brief excerpt from one of the many books Elizabeth Clare Prophet has written, in this case on the subject of Christhood and our divine heritage. And here it comes. What is the Christ? You have a Christ self, 
I have a Christ self, but we're not used to identifying anyone but Jesus as the Christ. What many people don't know is that Christ comes from the Greek word Christos, which means anointed. Jesus was called Christ because he became one with his Christ self, and so was anointed with the light of God, the I Am Presence. Each one of us can also become one with our Christ self. Many of us think that only Jesus can be the Christ because Christianity tells us that Jesus is God's only Son. This idea originated with a misunderstanding of the Gospel of John, specifically the first chapter of John, which describes the Word of God. John 1.14 tells us, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In one view, this sentence is telling us that Jesus is the Word, God's only Son. But those of John's readers who understood the Greek concept of the Word, the Logos, would have gotten a different meaning. Both Greek philosophers and Jewish mystics use the word Logos to refer to the part of God that acts in the world and mediates between Creator and creation. The Word is, in a sense, God's Son because it acts as the instrument of the Creator. When people read that the Word was made flesh and lived among us, they naturally conclude that Jesus is the Word. But what they don't realize is that when John said the Word had taken flesh, he didn't mean that Jesus was God's only Son. He meant that the Word, God's only Son, had manifested in the flesh of Jesus. The author of John was certainly familiar with the Jewish mystical idea that great human beings could act as personifications of the Logos, or the Son. So when John writes that Jesus is the Logos, he doesn't mean to exclude us from also becoming one with the Logos. He is simply telling us that Jesus, the man, became one with the Logos, the only Son. Jesus was the incarnation of the Word, but that doesn't mean He was the only incarnation. The only Son is the universal Christ, which is individualized for each of us as the Christ Self. Everyone who becomes one with the Christ Self can be called the Christ, and the Christ is always the one who is anointed with the light of the I Am Presence. As John wrote, that was the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Some early Christians believed that everyone is destined to become one with the Logos. Clement of Alexandria, a second-century church father, tells us that each man has the image of the word, Logos, within him. Paul reminded us that it is the destiny of every Christian to become the Son. In Romans, he writes that God intended Christians to become true images of His Son, the Word, so that His Son, Jesus, might be the eldest of many brothers. In other words, we are meant to become the Word, Logos, or Christ's Self, as Jesus did. Well, thank you, Terry. You're welcome. Now, when we return, we will hear another remarkable exchange with Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Today's interview is titled, The Incarnation of the Word, and includes more insights on Jesus' role and mission universal Christhood, and the goal of the Ascension. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? 
You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, and thank you very much for staying with us. In today's interview, Elizabeth Clare Prophet explains the true nature of Jesus' mission, the meaning of the Word, the awesome power of decrees, and more. The power of the Lord's Spirit is intended for you and for me as joint heirs of the real self whom Jesus proved And he called that self the Christ. And because people have not understood the multiplication of the Lord's body, as he said, this is my body which was broken for you, they have said there is only one Christ, one Son of God. This is true in eternity. But in time and space, that sacred trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit becomes the spark, the threefold spark, that burns upon the altar of our hearts, And this energy, this God, this flame, this consuming fire becomes the foundation of the science of the spoken word. And we find that in that consciousness of Christ, we can prove the laws that he proved as he intended that we should do. How do we know he intended it? It's very interesting. He said, he that believeth on me The works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. To me the promise is unmistakable, and yet it is considered blasphemy for anyone on earth today to make himself equal with Christ, let alone greater than Christ. It is my understanding that Jesus came to set the example for the incarnation of the word. I believe that if we accept him as the word, that he releases this flame, ignites the flame within us, and we individually experience the second coming 
and we are born again because he is one with the Father. And because we now experience that same word, that same anointing that he knew. As we walk with him hand in hand, the fire of our heart, the fire of his heart, can work his works. And by his grace and only by his grace, we together can do those greater things. Let us consider then this action of the word by which he performed all works and by which he bid us to go and do likewise. It is written that Christ cast out spirits with his word. Jesus had tremendous power in his word. And he derived that power from the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He drew it forth from his heart center. Catholics have long referred to the sacred heart of Jesus or the sacred heart of Mary. The heart is the heart chakra. It is known by Hindus. It is known by all who meditate to be the center of that burning. It is a burning energy. It is the burning love of God that the disciples knew when they met their Lord on the road to Emmaus. Did our hearts not burn within us? In the chamber of the heart is an altar, and our own real self presides at that altar as the priest, the minister, the rabbi. And in our soul we can kneel before that altar. We can find the cathedral of the heart as a place of the holy of holies. That word of God is power. Paul said, Christ, upholding all things by the word of his power. Jesus walked on the water by the science of the spoken word. He stilled the tempest. He said, peace, be still. And the waters were stilled. I don't think that we should consider that the age of miracles is past but that the age of miracles is fulfilled in science. We should consider that Jesus was the greatest nuclear physicist, the greatest alchemist that we have known in our recorded history. He mastered all energies, all flow of life forces. He mastered time and space. He ascended into that white cloud, the white fire core of the atom of his own self, Hence, we call him an ascended master, and we call all who have done the same ascended masters. We say that because he commanded us to do likewise, and because he said before Abraham was, I am, that there have been many sons and daughters who have proved that oneness with God, mastered time and space, both before and after the advent of Jesus. It is written that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. I believe that that is another record of one who ascended through that mastery of time and space. And Elijah was caught up into a chariot of fire. And we have the assumption of Mary, the mother, and even John, the revelator of his ascension. All of this by the power of the word. Paul said that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word. The washing of water by the word is an amazing concept if you meditate upon that in your own heart, sitting under your own vine and fig tree, under your own source of communion with God. 
First of all, the church always figures as the bride of Christ. And we are told that we are the temple of the living God, and therefore we can consider ourselves to be the church. Christ loves us because we are really the church. Organizations, temples made with hands, doctrine and dogma, these are not the church. The church is only alive when people are living kindled flames. The church is a white cube. It's the philosopher's stone. The church is consciousness. The washing of the water by the word to me means an alchemical action whereby the waters of our consciousness are cleansed as we invoke the word and as we, through the word, invoke the sacred fire. That sacred fire is a baptism which we are all waiting for if we remember the words of John the Baptist. He said, One cometh after me, whose shoes I am not worthy to unlatch. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Always returning to that fire, fire over and over again. It is a sacred fire, a cleansing fire. It's the fire in the core of the atom. It is energy. That energy is God. God didn't walk into the office of a scientist, of Edison, or anyone else. He let man meditate upon the lightning for thousands of years until someone decided to capture the energy, harness it, and use it. Could it be that he expects us to do the same? to experiment with that fire that is God and in a spiritual way harness it and do those greater works which Christ promised. I am looking for the washing, the washing of the waters by the word. Again, it is written of the two witnesses in the book of Revelation that fire proceedeth out of their mouth. Not out of their hands, their head, or their stomach, or their feet, but out of their mouth. It's a clue to me, because I have a hypothesis that I'm about to prove. It means that the fire that proceeds out of their mouth, it says, it devours their enemies. To me, it is an action of the sacred fire and of the word which they have mastered. Isaiah said of Christ, he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. And when we read of the faithful and true in the book of Revelation, his name is the word of God, and his outstanding feature is that out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. What is this sword? You even look at the word, it has S and then word, sword. Maybe it's an abbreviation for sacred word. It's coming out of the throat center, which the Hindus long ago acknowledged as the power center. And through the use of mantras over thousands of years, the intoning of the word, the name of God, has been the basic form of meditation of yogis. Could it be that in India, their teaching and their understanding has come to us from the long-lost continent of Lemuria? James Churchward writes a number of books called The Lost Continent of Mu. He found tablets in a monastery in India which the priest had guarded for thousands and thousands of years, which had been brought to them from beyond their shores. The priest knew the interpretation of these tablets of stone. 
churchward became a disciple in this monastery, and he was the only man, as far as he knows, that was given the key to these tablets. So he deciphered them, and he has four or five books of his decipherings. But there is a description of Lemuria, of the temples, and there are stones that have been found in Mexico that have the same hieroglyphs. They speak of four cosmic forces, and we have in our scriptures the four beasts that were on the four sides of the Ancient of Days in Revelation. These four forces and the release and the science of the spoken word were discovered on these tablets. Perhaps the thousands of years of mantra are a tradition that came to India from that very place. Now the use of this science, after all of our investigations, after all of our consideration of scriptures, cannot be proven until we try it. In the trying of the use of the word, only then can we experience in our own laboratory, to me a laboratory and a cathedral, a church, they're one and the same. They're the place where we go to meet our God and to commune with him and to discover the secrets of our soul's evolution and of the cosmos itself. Oh, my, oh, my. <laughs> well, up next, our weekly Q&A. And today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home. And their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Listening on a higher dimension. 7th Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. 
If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back. And joining us is our friend, Sidney Bennett. Hi, Sidney. Gentlemen, good to be here. Okay, basic question. Are we really meant to become the Christ, as Jesus demonstrated? You know, that, that's a simple question, Tom, but let, let's just think about that for a minute. If, if someone discovered an ancient text or a secret box or someplace that had this information <laughs> in it, I mean, it would be worldwide. It would yeah. be incredible. And yet this teaching, which is so profound and is so different from what we've been taught for 1,500 years in terms of the traditional Christian church, that we can't even hardly imagine how this planet and this world will be different oh. if this was understood from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and think of it from Jesus' perspective. You know, and as we'll talk today, you know, this in no way diminishes his role, his attainment, or what he did for us. Indeed. But he came and paid an incredible price that we might have this light and this teaching. He died on the cross. He was crucified for this. And in fact, he is our Savior. And so when we think about that, imagine how Jesus must feel when his true teaching has been hidden, been obscured and put aside, the true teaching that he paid so much to bring to us is not available. Well, now it is available because mm-hmm. of the continuing and ongoing revelation of God. We do understand the truth of these teachings. And yes, we are meant to become the Christ. It's easy to say that. But the profound implications of this concept, I think, are beyond what we really understand. And it will change this planet as more and more people come to an awareness of that, an awareness of the true teaching of Jesus and the true path he intended us to walk. Well, you know, I, we, we've spoken to this in the past, and I think that one of the things we've discussed is the fact that when Jesus, quote, died for our sins, and I, I don't want to go into too much depth here because we may be going off topic a mm-hmm. bit, but it was to delay or he held the balance until we were capable of handling our own karma, didn't he? It, it's exactly right. You know, as we've talked before, karma is an impersonal law, and nothing is going to prevent its return when the cycles are up. What Jesus did for these 2,000 years, he took our karma upon him. And in that sense, he did take our sins and paid the price for our sins. But it wasn't to erase them totally. It was to give us a chance to make the spiritual progress so we have enough light so then we can face our karma have the tools, which you do today in terms of the violet flame and the science of the spoken word. Yeah. So we've been engulfed and overwhelmed by it. It's a mercy and a grace beyond measure. Yeah, thank you. Well, let me ask you this. Why do you think it is that some people can become so vehemently opposed to the idea of their own soul liberation and freedom as a Christed being? Well, first of all, I think we have to realize that this has been taught for so long and been so accepted and, and reinforced in people's minds in the Christian world for so long that it is a very different concept. And unfortunately, people, some people have fear, and perhaps the church has put that in them, mm. that if they don't believe exactly what they're taught, they're going to go to hell or something's going to happen to them. <laughs> Heard that before. Yeah. Right. So, so as a result, people are reluctant to accept new ideas. But this is a new age. It's the, it's the age of great revelation, of great truth, of this teaching. And I think people are open to it. I think they understand that there's something more here. And um, I think the second part of this is that, you know, you've got to work for this. It's yeah, not mm-hmm. a free pass. Yeah, you know, right. No you get know. out of jail free. Yeah, card. exactly. And yet, you know, most people, when they understand that, do want to take accountability for what they've done in the past, mm-hmm. do want to right their wrongs, mm-hmm. and understand they can follow in the footsteps of Jesus. It's, it's an incredible oh. understanding and awareness. Um, you know, I, I'm reminded uh, of an old saying, <laughs> I say old, from way back in the 70s. <laughs> um, anyway, the, uh, the saying goes, argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours. 
you know, some people seem to take a measure of pride in upholding their own limitations, uh, willfully turning a blind eye to the truth. Why is it that we humans have this tendency to sabotage our own success? Well, think about the psychology of it for a minute. If you believe you're a worthless sinner, then does it really matter whether you do well or not? I mean, sure, you can yeah. say you want to be good, be kind and loving. But what's the point? But where's the standard? Yeah. Um, and so, and you're going to get to heaven whether you're sort of really good or just good, right? As yeah. long as you accept Jesus. Yeah. Right. And so it, it's much easier from a, a psychological point of view to say, oh, I sure make mistakes, but I'm forgiven. Well, yes, we are forgiven. But when we understand we have karma to balance, it's kind of a rude awakening Ooh. when we think what we've done not only in this lifetime, but other lifetimes. <laughs> and so it takes a mature son and daughter of God to say, yes, I will be accountable for what I've done. God has given me the tools, and by his grace, I'm going to balance this karma. I'm going to fulfill my destiny, and I'm going to take accountability for my life and accountability for what's going on on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can we switch gears for a moment and talk about this concept of the word? We see the word referenced in the Bible. We hear Elizabeth Clare Prophet speak about it. And what is the word and how does it uh, inform or feed our understanding of Christhood? Well, you know, and John talks about the word in the beginning and as the creative power of God. And I think it's reasonable. People have read the, that in the Bible, interpret that as being Jesus. And of course, Jesus was the word because he was one with his holy Christ self. But I think what is missed here is the understanding that it's not just Jesus that is expected to embody the word, but all of us. God has given us a portion of himself, and I am presence and holy Christ self. That is his gift to us. And so we have the potential to realize those in our worlds, and not only the potential, it's our divine plan to do so, if we choose to do so. So the word can be resident in us, and in fact, even as we use the science of the spoken word by invoking the violet flame, Archangel Michael's protection, and so forth, we are in fact using the word that is within us, the God within us, to um, qualify those words and those t things that we say and speak with the light and energy of the word. So we, again, going back to Tom, mm -hmm. your premise that we talk about so often, being co-creators with God. Right. Well, and I, I'm taking from that that the word is more or less synonymous with the only son of God. Well, I think it's easier for us to understand that. It's, what, it's the potential of God that is given to each one of us. And so, uh, you know, yeah. it is a sonship. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, is it true that all ascended masters have fully realized their Christhood? Well, you're either one with your Christ self or you're not, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. And so, it's a loaded question. Yeah. Jesus became one with his Christ self. That is our goal. All the ascended masters become one of their Christ self. But I want to differentiate something here, and that is we can be a Christed one and not have the attainment of Jesus. I mean, that's logical. I mean, when you think what Jesus mm. has done, how long he's on the path, what he's accomplished. So we became, an, we may become an ascended master and Jesus ascended master, and we're equal in the sense that we have realized our God potential. But, you know, the Bible talks about the stars in heaven differing in their glory. Oh, yeah. And so we've also shared in the past how you continue to evolve and grow spiritually, even yeah. after you're an ascended master. So this is not saying, you know, you know, when by God's grace, one of us becomes an ascended master. We're equal with Jesus. We're the Christ as Jesus was, but we don't have his attainment. And we will continue to strive and grow even as he is continuing to strive it, and grow. It's that new beginning. He's not on a plateau. He has kept going since his embodiment 2,000 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. well, what distinctions should we make, if any, between Christhood and Buddhahood? Well, I, I think we have to understand that there is a unity in all the world's major religions that have been sponsored by God throughout the ages. And we've lost some of the original teachings, unfortunately, in Obviously, in Christianity, we have, and, and others as well. But the path of the Buddha is a sacred path back to God. And it's one that 
all can walk if they so choose it. It's a little bit different from the path of Christhood, but it goes and achieves the same goal. Mm -hmm. But I want to make a distinction here that I think is very important and sometimes might be hard for people that follow the Buddhic path necessarily to accept. And that is that God has taught that all must come through Jesus to make their ascension. Now, there is a distinct path of Buddhahood and Christhood, but we all have to make our peace with Jesus. We all have to accept him as our savior because he's the key to our ascension and our path. So you can see in one way, the fundamentalist Christians have, have a, some truth in what they believe in the sense that we must accept Jesus. And so we must. But accepting him is just the beginning. Right. Then you must become all that he has become because that is what he is asking us to do. Mm -hmm. So Buddhahood and Christhood are both paths that will take us back to God but we must incorporate Jesus in both of them. Well, in, in that context, you know, history has borne witness to the power and the incredible impact of one soul realizing Christ, in this case, Jesus. Do we really have the same capacity to change the world in such dramatic fashion? One of the teachings of the Senate Master said, every single one of us has a divine plan. It's a unique divine plan. It's not the same as Jesus, although we emulate him in terms of his spiritual testing and initiations he took. So every one of us has a divine plan fulfilled before we can make our ascension. And so, yes, you, we can have the same impact in some ways on this planet and on other people. It may not be as public as Jesus had, may not be the same in many ways, because candidly, we don't have in our physical form the same attainment that he had. Mm -hmm. And I want to add one more thing about Jesus. The masters have taught that the earth is a unique planet because it has a savior. <laughs> I think of that concept, a soul that was willing to pay the price that we might have opportunity and go forward. So, you know, we do have the opportunity to change this planet even as Jesus did. It might be in a different way. But isn't that an exciting concept? Oh, it's amazing. I yeah. Mean, yeah. To go from a worthless sinner who was only led into heaven just by, because God feels sorry for us, you know, <laughs> to, 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 to be a co-creator with God yeah. and to fulfill a destiny beyond our comprehension. Oh, it's awesome. You know, we're, we're back to the question of equating ourselves with Jesus. And this is often the central issue in the minds of many who oppose this idea on the grounds that there was only one Jesus and only one son of God. But, but by accepting the possibility of our own Christhood, aren't we in fact honoring Jesus and the sacrifice he made for us? You know, I think I've shared before, when I first found the teachings of the Ascended Masters, one of my biggest concerns was that somehow Jesus was going to be reduced in terms of his stature and place, not only in my life, but in the scheme of things. And me, of course, me too. Same, same true for me, yeah. And yet that's, that's the furthest from the truth. To, we love Jesus and honor him. I think we've all felt close to him on this, that those have come up in a Christian heritage. The greatest way we can honor Jesus is to by listening and knowing his words and acting upon them, not just by worshiping him as an individual, even an ascended master, but by becoming what he has become. You know, in the, in the, um, the Gnostic uh, gospel of um, Thomas, Jesus talks to Thomas about being his twin. Oh, that's no. our goal, and that's how we can honor Jesus the most. And it's never in any way going to lower him in his position in hierarchy or in attainment or in his love or our relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, by, by refusing or being unwilling to accept our personal Christhood, are we actually postponing our ascensions? And is this perhaps what the fallen ones hope to achieve by keeping mankind in the dark? Well, well absolutely. You have to understand the goal in order to get there. Now, there's been many great lights in the Christian church that have made their ascension simply not because they had the right theology, so to speak, or understanding, but because they had so much love and so much desire that they balanced their karma, even without the violet flame, and became Jesus. And they imitated Christ, as the great book tells us. Mm -hmm. But for most of us, you know, just having that awareness and understanding, it changes the set of our sails. And so if we refuse to accept that, 
then how are we going to get there? This is not an automatic occurrence. We have to make a conscious decision to turn to the light, to reverse the direction we've been going, and say, Father, I'm coming home. I'm going to fulfill the purpose of my life, my divine destiny. I'm going to follow the steps of Jesus, and by your grace, I'm going to strive to put on my Christhood. Uh, well, on that note, we've got to take a break right now. I think, uh, well, perhaps we don't have to take a break. Did we just get a reprieve here? i got a few more minutes. Oh, that's good. Well, we've got a few more questions here before the segment ends. Okay. Um, Terry, I okay. think you had one. Yeah, um, there's, so... I'm thinking there's no sense really then getting mad about all this, uh, is there? I mean, in fact, the, the light that we squander when we get angry about, you know, thinking that there's only one Jesus or whatever, it actually feeds the dark ones, doesn't it? Well, again, that goes back <laughs> to, to being ready to accept the truth. And we've talked about on this show many times about the plots and ploys of the fallen angels to keep us from the truth, to steal our light. And, you know, it's it, it's old. We're, we're yeah. a little tired of this. Yeah, yeah, it's old, but remember, judgment is mine, saith the Lord. And so we do make the calls, and in fact, we, have a, we haven't shared this before, we have a call that's called the judgment call, that calls forth the light of judgment. But it's interesting, what the light of judgment is, is love. Because those that become anti-love, the love acts as their judgment. Those that are love, it acts as their liberator. Yeah. So it's an interesting thing, but we need to focus our energies on positive things, constructive things. You know, God's going to fight the battle of Armageddon, Archangel Michael and his angels, but we have to... Remember, invoke them in this plane. You know, mm-hmm. we because of the law of octaves, they're not going to come down here and fight this darkness that the bottom angels embody unless we ask them to do so. Mm-hmm. So we must do that. So we make the calls and leave it up to God. And then we need to focus on the positive, not just on the negative, but on the positive and putting on our Christhood. And that is the greatest thing we can do for God, for Jesus, for our family, for this planet is to put on our Christhood, to balance our karma that we might become all that Jesus meant us to be. And, and it's interesting that this love that you talk about really is, is uh, it's the best thing to happen to both, both the fallen angels and the, and the, the ones that are... Well, built, it forces them the to choose. It yeah. forces yeah. them to choose. Opportunity. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so love is the key, and those that choose to reject love will be rejected by love. You know, there's another thing, and we've spoken of this before, and I, I suspect that it's a test that we all must face, and that is that when you recognize the fact that you've been denied your birthright, or this, this truth has been withheld from you, it's easy to see at least the choice of anger. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, we have to forgive. We, we have to, we chose to. I mean, we're, we're accountable. We, we bought the lie. Yeah. But we have to forgive ourselves, and now that we know the truth, would make a difference. You know, I want to add one thing, as that is, uh, we've been taught that often fundamentalist Christians who believe, well, I'm saved by Jesus, I'm going to heaven, that's it. You know, no mm-hmm. ifs, ands, or buts about it. When they get over to the other side after the, the transition, when they when they die and they get over and they find out, hey, this isn't true, <laughs> a lot of them get very angry about this, that they were fed a lie. And so when they re-embody, they're still carrying this anger, and very often they become agnostics. Oh, my gosh. So you can see how this is a plot against the soul. And covering and, an arc that's much longer than a simple lifetime. Exactly, exactly. And, and they don't want to join churches. They don't want to join because organizations. Because they've been burned. Yeah. They believed before yeah. and found out it wasn't true. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that's why it, it just, when you can put all the pieces together, it changes everything. And if you have to re-embody, it will change where you embody, what you bring into that embodiment, and what you can accomplish in the next life. And what your tests are likely to be. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've got to take a break here, but don't go away. When we return, we'll continue our discussion of personal Christhood and your divine birthright with Sidney Bennett. On the spiritual quest, our upward journey hinges on four basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? 
How do I get there? Who are you? You are a spiritual being, a child of God. And when you recognize this, your whole world changes for the better. No matter where you are or who you're with, the power of this inner knowing will compel you to come up higher. Why are you here? To master your human nature, fulfill your divine purpose, and become one with God. Where are you going? Simply put, you are returning home to the heart of God, where your soul's journey began so very long ago. How do you get there? Follow the Ascended Masters. These great saints and sages of East and West have walked where you walk. They are committed to helping you to find your way home, and their teachings are always practical. Our goal on The Open Door is to keep the spiritual journey as simple and uncomplicated as possible so that all who choose can walk this path with confidence and certainty. The Open Door is live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and we are the Summit Lighthouse, the pathway to your ascension. For more information, visit www.tsl.org. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back. Thanks again for staying with us. Uh, we are discussing the divine birthright, our divine birthright as Christed beings with Sidney Bennett. Now, in, in terms of standard religious orthodoxy in the West, do you think it will ever be possible for a large-scale change of heart and belief regarding the acceptance of our individual Christ potential? You know, it, how do you reverse 15 or 100 or 2,000 years of orthodoxy, so to speak? <laughs> I know. And, and again, I don't think the Ascended Masters are interested in throwing out everything of the Christian heritage because there's so much good in it mm-hmm. and so much blessing and so much wonderful teaching that, that have been brought down through the ages from the saints and so forth. But I think it's an understanding that something must change if we to achieve the purpose and goals not only of our life but for this planet. The ignorance that we've had, whether it's been forced upon us by the fallen angels or whether we've willingly accepted us, has prevented us from doing the things we need to do to save this planet. And because, you know, as we've mentioned so many times before, the law of karma is impersonal and it's going to return and is returning on this planet. Until we do something different, then it's going to affect us in the same way it has before. How do you change this? It's a perspective. (laughs) It's an understanding. You know, it used to be, and I, I think it, to change an idea in a civilization would take hundreds of years, and maybe it still does, I don't know. But in this day and age of instant communication, of instant understanding, uh, it can happen very quickly. And I think the other difference here is that what we don't understand is 
not only have we not been kept from the truth, but we have been manipulated so that we couldn't even understand the truth in some ways. And if you can understand what I've got, in other words, oh, yeah. if yeah. we can change this equation, and we've talked about the equation of light of darkness, when the light is greater than the darkness, it becomes a rolling momentum. It changes everything. And so the blocks in our psyche, even the projections we receive um, from from unworldly beings, so to speak, <laughs> if those are gone, people will suddenly wake up and say, whoa. It's the truth. You know, it's the light bulb goes off. And once they realize that, uh, things can happen pretty quickly. Well, I, I think you, you bring up a really good point about the fact that many souls have an unconscious readiness for this truth, for this illumination. It isn't as if it would, as it might in the past have taken centuries. Right. It could take an instant where somebody gets that aha, the last piece of their personal puzzle, and suddenly... They get it's it. the conversion. Mrs. Prophet yeah. talks about not coming to bring us teachings, but to remind us of what we already knew within our hearts. And we do know these things. But it, it takes, you know, change is difficult. Oh. And when you formulate your life in such a way for so long, you know, it takes a little while to change. So be patient with yourself, but stay open. And the most important thing is give the Ascended Masters a try. Give this path a try. Oh, yeah. Because, again, intellectual knowledge is not going to get you there. You know, experiment with the spoken word. Try to understand it. Read some books. Talk to people. But find out what it is. You know, you don't have to believe everything from day one. But I think you need to allow yourself the opportunity for God to work with you, to bring you understandings and revelations to that point, if it comes for you, where it ding, the light bulb goes off and said, this is my way, this is my path, yeah. this is the truth. Well, and, and we are told often that the, the Summit Lighthouse honors the truths of all the world's religions. Absolutely. You know, so we are an inclusive uh, belief system rather than an exclusive one. Exactly. And so many people can pursue their own traditional heritage it's just they have the greater teaching in terms yeah. of perspective and also as we know some of the original teachings have been lost or yeah. hidden and and you know i remember somebody saying to me one time take take your beliefs set them on a bookshelf and keep them within reach but expose but expose yourself to the new thoughts yeah. you know right so uh, let me ask you is this issue a little like the flat earth controversy <laughs> of galileo's time i mean <laughs> well yeah. exactly you know it, it, it the flat earth you know, fit in very nicely with uh, the the perspective of the powers that be in those days. <laughs> you know, we're the center of the universe and so forth. Yeah. And so it, it is the same way. I mean, we think, you know, we have to, above all, we have to have tolerance and understanding for each other. But there are people that are desperate to get this truth. They've been just looking, looking and looking. And so for those people, and you may be one of those out there that are listening to this, this is what we've been waiting for. And I know when I was growing up, I said, I know there's more. Mm -hmm. My heart tells yeah. me there's more. I've got to find it. And so I spent a long time searching. But the danger is you can't spend a lifetime searching. No, you, you have land. to recognize <laughs> when you find something, put it to work, yeah. use it and try it. You know, don't believe what we say, but experiment with it. Find out for yourself. That's the only way you're really going to know if it's true or not. I, that happened with me, and I'm sure with everyone else that's yeah. become a devotee of the Ascended Masters in this path. Well, you know, I, I know we're going to get some email from people who feel that we are maybe making light of this Christhood issue and diminishing the legacy of Jesus. On our behalf, would you please stress that what we are actually trying to do is just the opposite? Well, it is indeed. It's an expansion of our understanding of mm -hmm. Jesus and his mission. He is my personal savior, and I accept that. And, you know, that's pretty basic. Mm -hmm. I think to all Christian, you know, certainly conservative <laughs> yeah. Christian, yeah. but it's not enough. There's more. If we're going to achieve the path that he meant us to walk, we must take the next step. And so it's not enough. And, and 
is not true that just being saved is the end all and be all. It's the beginning of our path. Yeah. He saved us for the opportunity to balance our karma and to win our ascension. Wouldn't you rather make it to heaven by striving and working than just to have somebody said, okay, you're worthless sinner, I'll take you in even though you don't deserve it? Yeah, here's your ticket. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I think that the accountability issue is, is key to this whole thing, that we take personal accountability for our ascension. But you know what? It's still grace. Oh, yeah, well, by God's grace, we're not alone. It is grace that we even have the opportunity to do this. Yeah. Now, for those sincere seekers who want to know more about this very important subject, what would you suggest for helping folks gain a deeper understanding of Jesus' true teachings? Well, you know, we've talked about all the things on our website on tsl.org. You know, we have uh, YouTube teachings and so forth. We have a marvelous set of of books called The Lost Teachings of Jesus by Elizabeth Kerr Prophet. It's Mm -hmm. four paperbacks. You know, pick one of those and start to read it. See if it makes sense to you. Oh, you yeah, know? we got them all at Carmen Reincarnation. Um, what's the other one? Finding God Within, yeah. Keys Key- to Spiritual Progress, mm-hmm. and Your Higher Self. You know, yeah. things we've been talking about, but of course go into much more detail. You know, we need to read and study and understand, and as I mentioned, try to integrate these things in our world. Just understanding them intellectually is not enough. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's a start. Yeah, right? we, and we should probably plug where you can find those, right? You want to do that, Sid? Sure, it's on uh, www.tsl.org slash bookstore, or you can go to Amazon and put in Elizabeth Clare Prop and find her books there sure. as well. Sure, yeah, and um, bookstores still carry the old P-book, the printed book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um, do you think that that uh, really incredible nine-volume Climb the Highest Mountain series would also be a good resource for people? Well, well, it would be, sure. And I think that, you know, you follow your heart and read what you want to read, but don't wait until you've read everything <laughs> right. to start doing things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah. Mark yeah. Offit, when he was asked to be a messenger for the Great White Brother, he says, well, I'm not ready, and El Mori, the master came, says, well, if we wait till you're ready, the earth will be lost. Yeah. So, you know, you got to start somewhere. You're you know? ready. Yeah. Yeah. We're <laughs> yeah. ready right now. Yeah. But as you go, pursue this path, get the, seek the knowledge that will help yeah. you and understand what you're going through. Yeah. Because if you understand what you're going through, it gives you the keys to victory. Uh, well, you know, clearly the Summit Lighthouse would be a great place and a perfect resource for continuing one's spiritual journey. And, and of all that, the Summit Lighthouse offers, in addition to its books, CDs, and DVDs, what, what would you give as your highest recommendation? You know, we had a show where uh, we've talked about a number of times about sponsorship. And what is the sponsorship of the Ascended Masters? Well, it's someone that will support us at the higher realms, that will help us on the path, and, and, and teach us and, and, and help us to expand that. We have a, something that's called the Keepers of the Flame Fraternity. This is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of the ancient spiritual orders. And it's the opportunity when you are a part of this, you are being sponsored by the Ascended Master St. Germain. You get a course of 33 monthly lessons that you're working, we're putting online right now. We've all done it. Yeah. yeah. We're all done? Mm-hmm. No, okay. we, we, we've, we've all done the, uh, these lessons. Oh, yeah. We've oh, all yeah. gone oh, through yeah. it. And it's a teach. And it's a way of progressing along the path and understanding. The key for this is it's not the organization, the Summer Lighthouse, that's sponsoring you. We're merely the vehicle for these teachings. It's the Ascended Master. This is an opportunity that says, yes, I will take the first step. I don't know everything, don't understand everything, but I'm willing to, I see something here that is worth a try. I want to learn about it. And most importantly, I want to experience what it's like to feel the sponsorship of an ascended master and to see whether this is the path for me or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as I mentioned a moment ago, I think we should point out here that we sincerely honor the truths of all the world's major religions. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are inclusive rather than exclusive. Mm-hmm. And to demonstrate this, we invite you to visit another of our websites, www.mysticalpaths.org, where you will find a wealth of information, audios and videos that explore the mystical paths of Buddhism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, 
Taoism, Judaism, and more. It's really a fascinating site. And with that, Tom, we've run out of time. <laughs> yes, we have. I want to thank Sidney Bennett for once again joining us and offering his clarity and insight. And we want to thank all of you for listening to us, too, because yeah. we hope you will join us again. Yeah, and until then, remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. world. Thanks, all. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.